Sorry about the disruption, folks. But I always knew the last dance of the season. But this year, somebody told me not to. So I'm going to do my kind of dancing with a great partner, who's not only a terrific dancer, but somebody who's taught me that there are people willing to stand up for other people, no matter what it costs them. Somebody who's taught me about the kind of person I want to be. Welcome to episode 104 of Vague Zone. I'm one of your hosts, Thomas. And I'm your other host, Daniel. And today we are starting off with a new theme. We rolled a die at the end of our last episode. We were finishing up the round of family-themed movies. And now our theme right now is love. And so because we're doing love, we decided to check out one of the more one of the most iconic romance movies in cinema. We watched Dirty Dancing. Yeah. So, the sways. So, Daniel, would you like to read us the IMDb synopsis for Dirty Dancing? Sure. Spending the summer at a Catskills resort with her family, Frances Baby Houseman falls in love with a camp's with a camp's dance instructor, Johnny Castle. Frances, quote unquote, Baby Houseman. Yes. Uh, Thomas, what did you think of Dirty Dancing? I really enjoyed it. Um. Uh, yeah, I don't usually watch romance movies or like romantic comedies. Or not, it's not my go-to genre of choice, but I I often find myself surprised when they're really well made or when you know there's actually good chemistry between the two actors, and I think that's definitely true for Dirty Dancing. Um, there's a lot of interesting parts of this movie that I really wasn't expecting. Um, I think uh, it's. This movie came out in 87, but it feels like it's set in, like, the 70s or, like, a little bit earlier than that because there's, like, Vietnam discourse going on in this movie that mm-hmm. I thought was really interesting that kind of helps contextualize, I don't like, just the relationships between these characters and just kind of, like, where they are mentally. And so I think that provides for some interesting kind of shading to this movie that I wasn't really expecting. Um, but yeah, I, we sort of were debating to do this or Ghost or some other kind of yeah. iconic movies, but I appreciated this one. I, I felt like I was leaning towards this because I think when dancing and choreography is good in movies, I think that's a little bit more entertaining and fun to watch. And yeah, I think that is for sure true for Dirty Dancing, like have the awkward girl like meeting this really fucking charismatic, awesome dance instructor. And I think, yeah, the romance is convincing and I think it's pretty charming and I like, I enjoyed it. It gets kind of dark. There's some dark stuff in this movie. I also wasn't yeah. expecting some interesting turns that I think make this movie very relevant for 2022. Um, Unfortunately, and I was like, yeah. Yeah. And I was saying, it's like, is that props on dirty dancing or is that just, it's, it just sucks that 2022 is just yeah. so backwards. <laughs> it just sucks that 2022 is so backwards that it's still dealing with issues of abortion and things like that. So I don't know. I, I think this movie is very relevant. I think it was a great first choice for the theme of love. Um, Patrick Swayze's fucking awesome. Incredible. <laughs> just, just the, the camera loves him. The lights love him. Uh, so yeah, I had a good time watching this. Uh, what do you think? Um, I was really surprised by this movie. I, I didn't really know what to expect going into it. Like, hadn't seen it before. Didn't really know much about the plot except that there was dancing and it was dirty. Um, yes. And I was really surprised that there's like 
you know, an abortion plot line. I was surprised that it's about class. I was surprised, yeah. like, the way this movie explores, like, gender dynamics and sexuality. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, it's it was a very... I, I feel like Act 1 in particular is very uh, dense. Not necessarily in terms of plot, but just, like, there's a lot going on here. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. it's a lot more than I expected. Uh, Act 2 feels like it's kind of just exploring the chemistry of these characters allowing the uh romance to uh develop and then act three honestly i think it's just kind of silly <laughs> uh yeah, yeah. but um but i think that you kind of have to be on board with that silliness like i feel like like, like there you either fall on one of two sides if you're a fan of this movie which is i love the silliness yes this is incredible or the movie is really good in spite of that silliness um, yeah yeah but uh yeah i i watched this in two sittings um just because i I'll, for whatever reason i always watch these movies so late um <laughs> but uh i was i walked away from that first half just being like i'm really surprised how much i enjoy dirty dancing yeah yeah definitely yeah i think it starts off with just like it comes out the gate hot. It's like Francis uh, or Baby is narrating the movie. And like one of the first things she said is she's like, this was like this great summer vacation. This is before Kennedy was shot. And I was like, yeah. holy shit. Like, it's like this like really like contextualizing it in this historical kind of framework is just really fascinating to me. There's also a, like a joke that comes towards the end of it that just like literally made me laugh out loud. I thought it was fucking incredible. Um, but is also sort of in bad taste um, what her sister says about like the the little like army line is a little dicey but yeah just th that stuff was really fucking fascinating but yeah the also when it gets to like the abortion like plot line towards the middle is just like yeah really fucking heavy really well done and yeah i think the casting helps a lot jerry orbach is is really great as the dad and um yeah I, like really enjoyed um jennifer gray as baby also i think she really like selling this role is like being kind of just like doe-eyed and like falling for this guy like immediately yeah let's talk about baby um yeah i think one of the first things that i found strange about baby where i was like what is going on with this movie um there's this weird fixation with the father uh yeah. so like in during that opening narration she says i thought i'd never find a guy as great as my dad and then she like gives him a hug from behind while he's like driving and then um, we cut to like a scene or two later, uh, everyone at this resort, this resort feels like a summer camp for families. It's kind of weird. Um, everyone's doing this dance that like is led by Penny, the other dance instructor. And she says something along the lines of, uh, when I say stop, you will find the man of your dreams. Uh, yeah. And she cuts between baby like baby and her father are like going towards each other and then penny gets yeah. in the way and baby looks a little bothered by this um yeah yeah strange <laughs> yes yeah yeah kind of strange yeah i was getting th this weird kind of vibe where yeah it definitely feels very much of a different era because i was like yeah. what is this kind of world where yeah like families go on this group vacation to this like very lofty like richy kind of resort where a lot of like they explain later a lot of older women kind of like stay there and kind of just like yeah. habitate this Cougars. place and it's like yeah they kind of like do the cougar thing but also bungalow like bunnies is what they're called yeah bungalow bunnies yeah very very great line um but it's also kind of strange that yeah this seems to be like a place where 
parents take their like would be single daughters to find like a person mm-hmm. to like the the man for them to marry. And yeah, it definitely feels like very dated in that way where it's just like it like I've never heard about anything like like this and so I'm just like yeah, this is kind of bizarre that it happens and it's all centered around like going and like doing these dances and sort of like feels like yeah, like kind of like high schooly kind of like it's hard to describe. And it feels like Yes, I, I was confused by this fixation on the dad. Um, I pointed it out to Emily, and then later on in the movie, there's a scene where the family's having breakfast together. And Emily was like, did you notice that baby is eating the same thing that her dad is for <laughs> for breakfast? <laughs> That's great. And, like, the sister and the mom are eating the same thing. Um, Good but detail. I, wow. I, guess, I guess it really maybe just comes down to, like, the father's... It seems like the patriarchs of these families are the ones who are all in control of the wealth. Yeah, and like yeah. because so much of this movie is about like this class divide between like the the dancer working class and yes. i guess the <laughs> medical uh bourgeois uh they yeah it's like you got to get in with the fathers uh you got to get on the father's good side like the movie ends with like him like giving a guy uh, a letter of recommendation and shit like that so. yeah that scene was really interesting uh it was really good, like comeuppance for uh, Robbie. That, yeah, Robbie. That sort of this asshole who like is yeah, just kind of two timing. He's like he's sort of showing some interest in the sister and uh, what's her? Uh, I think it's Lisa. Yeah, he's sort of yeah. showing interest in her, but then like and she wants to like lose her virginity to him, and then he like sleeps with someone else, and he's actually the person correct that like gets Penny pregnant. Mm-hmm. Is, isn't that right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's just just kind of strange in that regard. He like carries how, like, an even... Ayn Rand book in his pocket <laughs> while he's working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is the name of that book? Um, the Fountainhead? Yeah, The Fountainhead. I thought that was another interesting kind of detail that he's sort of just like, he's like, read this book and then come back to me kind of thing to the girl. It's like, yeah, this is kind of trippy. But yeah, the, yeah, the relationships are really interesting. And yeah, uh, Jerry Orbach, his like role is also just like very central because like, when she doesn't have, when Penny doesn't have money for the abortion, uh, baby goes and requests the $250 from him. Once again, the patriarch controlling the wealth. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then when things go wrong with that, like she kind of comes in to save the day a little bit and like sort of treats her medically and Mm -hmm. like, yeah, it gets to the point where it's like, Oh yeah, she can have children again. It's like, that's like, like a great little like savior moment. But yeah, it's very interesting. Like how central his character is to this. Yeah. Yeah. I was, when I was watching this, I wanted to ask you this, like first instinct, did you think like this was written by a man or a woman? Uh, I, I I guess I didn't really think about it because I did pay attention to the opening credits and noticed that it was uh, written by a woman. Um, I, I, I was wondering, I was watching to see if it was going to be directed by a woman. Uh, I saw that it was a man and then I noticed that it's written by a woman. Yeah, I thought that was kind of fascinating because I was feeling, I was like, this feels like, uh, is this like a really ideal way of like a man writing a, a female character kind of like falling in love for this very charismatic dancer and like and like kind of being connected to the patriarch or whatever. But yeah, it feels even more like realistic and more like grounded, the fact that it's a, a, a woman's kind of screenwriter. Yeah, and I mean, and it's centering the woman's experience. Um, yeah. I, I was reading some of the behind the scenes stuff. I guess this is so, so the writer we should mention is um, Eleanor Bergstein, Bergstein, Bergstein. Um, and she wrote this uh, inspired by 
some events from her own life, like going to, I guess, resort gotcha. with her family. Um, and she's also a dancer. Um, ah, gotcha. I believe she's a dancer. She may have written a, maybe she just wrote a dance movie, but uh, I think she's a dancer. Um, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, going back to the class thing, um, the, the baby's like major in college. She's studying the economics of underdeveloped countries, which I yeah. thought was a, a specific, another specific detail. Well, yeah. And then the parents kind of, like they talk about sending food to starving people in Southeast Asia and they kind of treat it yeah. as a joke. Um, yeah. And there is this element of the movie where it's talking, sort of highlighting how out of touch uh, these these wealthy people are. Like even Baby at first when she's, you know, going to Penny, he finds out that Penny's having an abortion and she's like, oh, it's okay. I'll like, we'll make it work. And it's like, she has no yeah. understanding of what this person's life is like. There's a scene yeah. between her and Penny where uh, like... Um, Penny says that she was kicked out at the age of 16 and became like dancing was all she had. And that's how she made her way. And then baby's yeah. like, gosh, I envy you. <laughs> it's like, you completely yeah. miss what she was fucking talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like, that's like, I mean, she, she made her own way, but yeah, that's maybe not like the ideal direction to take your yeah, life. Especially she when... wanted to get kicked out at 16. Yeah. Especially like coming from this character who has like clearly a great safety net with yeah. her parents. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Um, what do you think about Patrick Swayze and sort of ridiculous? Him kind of, yeah. <laughs> He's it's like I don't. It's like what a fucking movie star, you know? Like what? Yeah. What? God damn! Like what was? Of course, this is a classic. Like what was the reaction to seeing this man on screen? Like doing these moves, dry humping. <laughs> Children, yeah. Children were made. That's, like, like, that's the answer. God damn! So many fucking teenage girls must have been like losing their minds. <laughs> yeah. I had a lot of thoughts while watching, it, boys, watching this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, yeah, definitely. Um, when I was watching this, I was thinking, I was, I don't think I've seen many Patrick Swayze movies. Like, I don't, I've, like, I'm, re I'm curious now to like to watch like Roadhouse or like uh, like, <laughs> like other sort of like entries yeah. into his filmography. But yeah, I thought it was really like uh, interesting that yeah, his uh, character name is like uh, such a, like a hyper masculine name. His name is Johnny Castle. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> it's just like very like brawny man but yeah like graceful on the dance floor and yeah the scene when like baby kind of like sneaks in like she discovers like the dancing kind of club that's secluded from like the waltzy ritzy dance floor or whatever mm -hmm. in the main part of the park it's like there's like they're getting grinding they're they're <laughs> people are getting getting hot and heavy inside of that room and they're dancing like to this watermelon. <laughs> they're dancing to "Do You Love Me" by the Contours, which is like this yeah. doesn't strike me as a very horny song. And you have like people like daggering out there. Yeah, yeah, it's getting heavy. Um, that's also yeah when she sort of has that like breakthrough moment, like midway through the movie, like a nice little midpoint moment. I was trying to see what song it was too, but it also isn't like a very. It doesn't feel like a romantic song either. It's like a weird like funk kind of soul song like but it didn't have it's not like high tempo or anything yeah the songs um, are like usually like I, i'm not well i'm not sure about that one but a lot of the songs on here are just kind of like celebratory like having a good time but then you have people like grinding on each other and it's like is this really was this the vibe back then <laughs> yeah maybe yeah as long as it's got a good groove you know um yeah, yeah. i don't know so, yeah, yeah sure. what we do you think to this yeah <laughs> It's like it has a drum beat, and that's all that matters. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. I, I appreciate the the soundtrack. The song uh, "Time of My Life" has uh, been stuck in my head since watching that, this. Or, yeah, I've had the time of my life. That ending is so 
fucking funny. <laughs> like, like imagine what doing that. He's like a dance terrorist, just like breaking into this place. Yes, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. everyone, listen to me. This woman changed my life, and now we're gonna dance for you. Like, yeah, imagine pulling that do- off. <laughs> yeah, and I know. I think it sells it a little bit more too. Um, like at that point, like he's just like dressed in all black. And he's got like black leather jacket, like shirt, like half buttoned up, and yeah, he's walking around with like these Ray Bans on, and yeah, Incredible. like he does, like, yeah, he does like some like kind of like interesting kind of like bad boy macho things. Like when they're on the way to like their first dance recital at the Latin Club, and he locks his, his keys are locked in his car, yeah, so he like grabs car. like a pillar out of the ground and like breaks it into his own car. Yeah, like the first but badass was... thing is just loosening the pillar from the ground. Yeah, just like what the fuck, like just all right, dude, <laughs> like a wire, sure. like a wire hanger or something. But yeah, it just shatters his window. Yeah, I don't know. I thought I just thought that was kind of interesting. Also, um, what do you think about uh, Wayne Knight? as like this like oh, i just have a note like, in here that says wayne knight killing it as stan that's it yeah <laughs> it was it, it was a surprise to see him in here, see him in here like um because the movie feels older than i mean it is older than seinfeld but it like yeah i don't know i only think of him as that and he looks like the same the same age as in that in jurassic park yeah, that's what comes to mind when I f- see his name show up. It's like, oh yeah, fucking Jurassic Park and uh, 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 like that whole thing. But uh, yeah, him as like this, I wrote down, he's like this like campus crier. He's like, people are like showing yeah. up and he's just like announcing stuff on this microphone and like always kind of like being like this loud, boisterous character. Yeah, great casting. And he doesn't, he doesn't like, he's not much of a character. Like, I think that's yeah, like no. kind of, not, I want to say that's one of the problems with this movie. Not necessarily Wayne Knight, but uh, like, the character Robbie is also very kind of one-dimensional. Um, yeah. And Robbie's relationship with the family seems kind of weird and, like, underdeveloped. Like, it feels like things kind of escalate very quickly. Like, why is the dad giving him a letter of recommendation at the end? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it seems kind of strange. And, yeah, there, it seems like, yeah, they're trying to compress this sort of the fast track, like, just these setups and just trying to get get their kids hitched to someone quote-unquote yeah. honorable or whatever i was saying that the dad should have wrote johnny a letter recommendation to medical school at the end yeah <laughs> that'd been great yeah that'd been very nice but he's just he has a, a, a bright change of heart yeah. yeah but yeah i thought it was interesting that yeah it seems to, a lot to revolve around just like the need to have a job and that, like having that be like a huge driving force of these characters is it's like the whole reason why penny gets the abortion in the first place because if she's pregnant she can't work yeah. at this place next year and like and, and all the stuff also weighs on like johnny being a waiter and a, a dance instructor at this place and if he loses his job and it's like that's just like the end it's like there's he's gonna work at like a like a mont not like a work for his dad's like uh like something industrial i forget what it was um well, it's like even Baby becoming a dancer, it has, she, it's not like that she has this like great passion for dance. Like she she gets involved because Penny can't. She has to fill in for yeah. Penny. Um, and so that's like what kind of struck me as weird about like the lift at the end as being like this climactic, like, yeah, she fucking did it. It's like, she, like her not doing it before, I don't know it like the movie isn't about dancing <laughs> like yeah i mean yeah i don't know i i think it's a nice moment i appreciate yeah, it is a nice moment that. it's a nice little cherry on top but it's like it did make me wonder like 
what is this a payoff to necessarily like is this like the drama isn't that she couldn't pull off the lift like all of the drama is everything surrounding the dancing um yeah so yeah i guess it's just you know we need a fun celebratory moment to you know send the yeah, audience and I think home it, smiling I yeah and i think it sort of cements like just like that climax of also just their relationship too is yeah. like a lot of this movie is montage and a lot of this is just like uh, Johnny teaching baby how to just like get these moves right and how to like get her dancing good essentially and I don't know I think I appreciate that because during the moments of them going through like the rough patches of learning how to do this dance specifically the lift is that's when their actual on-screen chemistry comes out the most and it feels like this is actually a really convincing on-screen romance and uh, in my notes i was like yeah like, this might be one of the better on-screen romances because like when they're like practicing the lift inside of like this like meadowy kind of mm -hmm. area just like this grassy area she's like kind of like doing he's like you know it'd be better if we did this in the water instead yeah. and then like they're like just so splashing around <laughs> yeah it's, it's so much so much hotter but also it's like so much more like convincing i was like oh shit like yeah. this couple looks like they're actually like falling for each other and i think it, it helps sell that moment a lot more she's still like struggling to do it and then finally at the climax it's like okay we get like our nice kind of shots from showing that okay they finally have like gotten to this moment of like synchronization uh i was reading that uh patrick swayze and uh jennifer gray really didn't like each other on set that um <laughs> that they had That's made great. red dawn before this and that oh, okay he had to convince her to do this movie because she really hated working with him. Um, and that during the, <laughs> during the audition, they had like wonderful, like incredible chemistry. And during the production of the movie, they were like kind of at each other's throats. Like there are moments in this movie where during like montages and stuff where he's teaching her to dance and she's like fucking things up and he's getting pissed off at her, which are real. <laughs> like that wasn't acting like they just left that shit in um and so yeah it's it's a testament to these actors that they can really pull off like this romantic chemistry absolutely yeah i i'm happy i didn't dive too much into the behind the scenes because yeah like i was so convinced i was very much convinced like yeah like these two fucking love each other it's like did they date off screen so the answer is clearly fucking no um yeah, I think that's great. Um, there's a, a few moments I sort of want to mention that I think are kind of interesting, and like at least like visually. Um, I love the shot of like when she sort of like discovers like the like the dance like the private not not private but like the the offshoot kind of dance club up, and she like walks up this like staircase. She's holding these watermelons. I thought that was like kind of interesting. But a little bit before that, like at this magic show when she's on stage, there's like a, a sideways shot of the audience. I thought that was kind of just a nice little interesting kind of thing. I don't know. There's a little few moments like that in this movie where it feels more than just like a romance and it feels a little bit kind of elevated a little bit. Yeah. I, I, I made a note about that uh, song, ha saw in half scene too, where it's like, is this just supposed to be like, she's being pulled between these two different worlds. She doesn't yeah. feel whole where she is. Um, yeah, yeah. I could see that. Some, some, like, cause it, feels like there's obvious symbolism here <laughs> yeah yeah. like this definitely. is obviously meant to be a symbolic moment yeah it's, it's, yeah i think it's yeah interesting that there seems to be more going on in this movie than just like them falling for each other and then just like learning how to dance um yes like i mentioned like the the vietnam stuff there's a line um later on when 
uh, the sister is having a conversation with baby and basically she's like, she's like, you wouldn't care if I hump the whole army as long as they're on the right side of the Ho Chi Minh trail or like, and I don't know, it's just like, it just stuck out like a sword. Down. I just <laughs> yeah. Just like, holy shit. Like what a line to like put in this movie. It just like another, just like a sort of another heavy handed reminder. It's like, oh yeah, this is taking place in the seventies. It's taking place during yeah. the Vietnam war. Um, Another weird thing that happens in the movie that kind of, where I say it like third act is kind of silly. Baby breaks a case of some uh, wallet stealing bandits who are wanted in multiple states, right? Yes. And yes. just in one line, they, they, they say like, turns out they were wanted in many states for doing the same thing. And it's like, how is this not a bigger part of the plot? Yeah, and don't we see that uh, older couple also when they're like struck, like she's like walking out of the, like she's walking out of this building as they're going in and she like drops her purse. It's like, I thought that's oh, I the couple know. that, I don't know, maybe maybe I thought that was I the did. couple that. I, I, I was like looking around for like, you know, commentary online and stuff. And one person pointed out, there was like a, a movie details thing on Reddit where someone okay. points out that like when one of the characters is like getting... Uh, money out of his wallet to give to Johnny to give his wife more dance lessons that the guy who steals his wallet, one of the two people who steals his wallet is like in that scene and is like looking very intensely at him. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Might need to go back and check that, check that out. Yeah. That, little another, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little, a nice little Easter egg. Another just like detail that I feel like, yeah, didn't really need to be there, but helps yeah. kind of co color this movie a little bit more. And yeah, I think, yeah, Johnny getting framed and like being like it's like framed as like this bad boy who's like stealing stuff and like loses his job and yeah, just another kind of like reference to capitalism and the fact that yes, yeah, like losing your job is like the that's the absolute worst case scenario in this universe and you don't want that to happen and losing his reputation along with that is also a, a bad consequence. Uh, I'm looking through my notes to see if I got anything else in here. Um, oh, what do you think about the scene where it's like after they've, I think it's like after they have sex for the second time and she basically asks him like what his sexual history is and she's like, it's like hell, how many like girls have you been with? And he's like, he's like, don't, like, don't do that. He kind of like shakes it off a little bit. She's like, why? And then he like goes on to sort of explain that like, it's like, I come up here and like these women are throwing themselves at me. They're giving me their room keys. And it's like, you know, they were using me. And I just like, yeah. I was like, oh shit. Well, it's <laughs> like. Yeah, to me, it's like we got to portray him as the bad boy, but we got to show that he's really tender. He just wants yes, to be yeah. loved. He just wants to be wanted. You know, he wants someone who cares about him. Um, yeah, but also, also like, was Johnny Castle like a proto fuck boy a little bit with that? They were using me line. I'm like, it's like, like you're like how like, like you're probably complicit in this as well. But like, it's really interesting that it's like it's willing to explore that dynamic of like. Sometimes women want sex. <laughs> like it's not yeah, just yeah. men going around like sleeping with all these people. Uh, Penny is accused of like sleeping all these people when really it's Robbie. But then like yeah, we have yeah. the cougars, the uh, bungalow bunnies who are you know they're on they're cruising. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, good, good, yeah, good point, good point. Yeah, and absolutely, yeah. It's like they, women can have their own sexual agency as well, and that's why I thought it was fascinating when this movie kind of first starts off. And I was like, yeah, it's like we're having, like, there's like there is male gaze in this movie, but it's also like a lot of female gaze. A lot of like Jennifer Grey is like watching Johnny dance and just like that's, being just like so infatuated. That's with. something I looked up was like who shot this, and it was a guy who shot it because um, yeah. I was like curious, like because we are seeing so much of this from 
the perspective of baby um yeah yeah <laughs> like when when johnny and penny are dancing together the camera is not that interested in penny like gorgeous woman <laughs> yeah. doing incredible dance moves but like we're there to see patrick swayze <laughs> yeah it's like we know what you paid to see yeah. <laughs> we're gonna give it to you uh, what do you think about the iconic line? No one puts baby in the corner. I was expecting it to be bigger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Considering like the notoriety of that line, but like, yeah, good, good moment. <laughs> yeah. I, I was kind of confused by it too. Cause I was like, like they're like, aren't like, I guess they're punishing her sort of, but not really. It didn't really feel like they're like, like putting your delegating her to like being on the sidelines it's like he like you sort of left like the play like, like you drove off and left the like this like resort and then you now you're now you're coming back to kind of like save the day but like i don't know it's like it, it it makes it feel like it's on the parents way more than i feel like it actually is i having not seen this movie but like having heard that line i had always assumed baby was the one delivering that line <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and that, like, and that it was more of like an ego, like, I don't know, re reclamation sort of thing. Yeah, it's definitely weird that like that line has like become a thing. It's like, yeah, it's it's interesting. No one puts baby in a corner. Yeah, I roll it. Yeah, I don't know. I thought uh, it's a nice little. His nice little, little. It's kind of a silly joke, though. Yeah, putting the baby in Just the corner. Little extra, little pepper on this climactic scene. Yeah, I love in that end where like they have their little routine on stage, and then he like hops off stage and just starts dancing with a bunch of people, and like, like yeah, they have this great choreographed thing. Yeah, just like oh yeah, like he's super charismatic. He can just like get a spontaneous dance number going on with all these extras. This is great. You know what this ending reminded me of? Was the ending of Coda. <laughs> Where it's like, we end with, like Coda ends with like a musical moment and then like everything just kind of working out great. Like Johnny gets the uh, approval of the father and in Coda the girl, like she gets into whatever college she was trying to go to, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure. She gets she yeah passes the audition <laughs> yeah goes to Berkeley School of Music like the, the like the best place you could go to yeah uh, so it's, yeah everything worked out great we got a tie bow on it Johnny doesn't get his job back that would be nice if they were like you yeah. know what Johnny sorry you know you look at how lively this place is because of you we got to bring you back <laughs> yeah I think that would have made it a little bit better but I don't know he 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 got the love and in. in if we're talking about the theme of love, that's truly what matters. He is able to find find someone who makes him want to be a better person. And he does a little speech about it. Still the bad boy wearing all black, but he's got a he's got a heart. And then he's we, got a heart of gold. We need text to come on screen too that says, "And then Robbie died. Yeah. <laughs> like, the guy you didn't yeah. like died." Yeah, honestly, yeah, this does feel like a movie that, like, having that moment would have not been out of place. Because, yeah, at least, like, or at least more, like, narration from uh, Yeah, it is weird. From Baby. That, like, we get the opening narration and then never again. Yeah. It would have been nice to sort of bookend that a little bit, but I don't know. Uh, we, got, we got our dirty dancing in, so, you know, I think that's all that matters. I guess they wanted, the studio wanted to bring them back for a sequel, and Patrick Swayze refused. He's, he thought sequels were stupid. So yeah. good for him. <laughs> even though he did one, he, even though he's in uh, Havana Nights, he is. Oh, that's a prequel. He loves prequels. Oh, Hates okay. Hates sequels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I think that is an interesting choice. But also, uh, just to kind of tie it in, I think um, Diego Luna is in Havana Nights as well. From, is Havana Nights a prequel? Andor. Yeah, it takes place in 58. Yes. So is he yeah. playing the same character? That would make sense, right? It's so, so much later. Yeah, that seems weird. Yeah, also, yeah, if it's 58, it's also, yeah, very adjacent to <laughs> yeah, he's just, these, these, these conflicts. He's just credited as dance instructor, so he's not he's not playing the same role. I think it's just like a nod to the previous movie. Cameo. Yeah, it might just be, yeah, it might just be a cameo. Yeah, That'd be very funny. <laughs> yeah, and it's, yeah, they did announce a sequel with uh, Jennifer Grey returning as Baby Houseman, but it's been kind of like some like development you limbo a little bit yeah you can't do it without patrick swayze yeah i don't know who if you were going to make a modern dirty dancing who would you have who? be like channing tatum who, who right would... channing tatum Chan- like he dances Chan- on huh. camera like pretty regularly uh, pretty in maybe. Shape. i don't know why who are you thinking um <laughs> i asked you i didn't have an answer in the pocket <laughs> but um i don't know some i don't know i could see like you know Put some oh oh I think uh, if if he could get the choreography right I think Barry Cogan would be an interesting choice that'd be fucking very weird <laughs> yeah huh. I think I think he could do it yeah who are like the heart heartthrobs now well it's like Timothy Chalamet but Ooh, I think he's yeah, like <laughs> he's gonna he I think he'd be the one he'd be baby lifted <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> being lifted I don't know I think we're right in the a blockbuster right now <laughs> bring back really wayne knight very important yes. oh yeah yeah wayne knight could be the dad <laughs> all right anything else on <laughs> that's a good question yeah now i'm gonna be thinking about that uh anything else on dirty dancing um yeah last thing i think wayne knight has a line in this when he's like talking about like people no i forget who says it but someone's like talking about everyone's gonna like get hooked up and he's like all the daughters even the dogs and i was like that's, that's just weird. that's that's, that's <laughs> we're gonna be nice fucking dogs by the end of this <laughs> so it's like, that's not that's not a nice thing to say <laughs> that's kind of in bad taste um but yeah again yeah circling back all of the fucking vietnam stuff is just fucking incredible and i really appreciated that being a part of this movie and yeah the dancing was good it was dirty i quite enjoyed pretty it. pretty dirty this movie yeah yeah way more way more interesting than i expected it to be yeah, definitely. What have you been watching lately? Um, well, this week I'm getting back into the horror movie, horror movie vibe. So I went to the theater and saw Smile. Oh yeah, yeah. I have um, not seen it. I'm curious about it. Tell me, yeah, tell me, give it to me. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, not like mind blowing. Not like I think it's like a, a good like middle of the road kind of like almost like b-level kind of mm-hmm. horror movie not like su- uh, super original or like groundbreaking with what it's doing some people online have been com- comparing it to it follows which i think it does have some yeah. similarities to um yeah and then if you've been like frequenting the theater like i've been trying to you probably have seen the teaser for this movie <laughs> quite a quite a bit uh, leading up to this release and so um a lot of those scares are kind of just basically like exactly what they are in that teaser. But I think there are some things in this movie that weren't in there that are pretty satisfying. Um, yeah, some good moments in it. Uh, there is an actor I really appreciate. Uh, Cal Penn is in this movie, and I really enjoy him anytime he shows up in a movie. Um, 
yeah, I thought it was okay. Nothing too incredible. Um, also, I've kind of noticed that, like, Korean movie theaters tend to be, like, very well-behaved. And so, like, I saw uh, uh, the black phone with an American friend of mine, but we were the only ones in the theater, so we were kind of talking and kind of being a little more reactive to the scares and stuff. But I feel like everyone's, like, very quiet and very respectful while watching Smile. And I was kind of, like, it, it didn't, it's not, like, an elevated kind of horror movie. It's not, like, an A24 kind of, like, Midsummer kind of thing where it's, like, super thematic and dealing with all this heavy shit yeah. it's like it's, it's like a like you know a good like this if you're like in high school it'd be a good like sleepover fucking movies put on just like something something scary nothing too crazy um and yeah i don't know i felt like i was kind of getting into it and not like talking over it but sort of like vocalizing when things are fucking happening yeah it felt like i was the only person it's fun that. to laugh like after a scare <laughs> yeah, like, yeah relief some of that yeah. tension <laughs> yeah. um yeah yeah especially when horrific terrible things are happening people are fucking doing fucked up shit <laughs> like it, it helps to kind of throw some laughs in there to help diffuse it a little bit but i don't know i thought that was interesting to see that in theaters um watched hellraiser the new hellraiser last night i also watched hellraiser excuse me what did you think of that i thought it was fine um yeah. that it was not nearly as gruesome as that first movie that first movie like I was like, this is fucked up. Like, this is fucked yeah. up stuff to show to an audience. Uh, I did not have that experience while watching this new Hellraiser. It felt uh, a little more mainstream appeal, I guess. Uh, yeah, less intense. It felt like it was developing the lore a lot in a, in a way yeah. I wasn't expecting it to. Maybe because, you know, this is the 12th movie or some shit like that. Like, there's a lot of lore to call upon, I guess. Um, yeah. But yeah, I thought it was... It was just a fine movie. I, I I don't feel like I missed out by it not getting a theatrical release necessarily. The way Prey did, Prey didn't get a real theatrical release. Yeah. That should have yeah. been in theaters. Um, but yeah, well, I mean, what did you think of Hellraiser? Yeah, I've only seen the first one. I sort of don't really remember it that much. I think yeah, it was it was good. And that thing like. <laughs> it doesn't stick out in my mind like other horror movies do. I think I might just not be a, Hell a Hellraiser fan because I don't think the lore is interesting at all. Like I don't really give a shit about the boxes or the, the what are the, the Cenobites called? The Cenobites. Yeah, I don't really care too much about them. Their, their designs are really gnarly. It's like seeing skin stretched and ripped and like that is is like really great great job for the makeup artists mm -hmm. and like making those look like fucking gruesome <laughs> gruesome beings that definitely works but yeah it's like a lot of lore i thought this movie is way too fucking long uh yeah it's like this movie doesn't need to be like two hours and nah, just like, i thought it was all right well, didn't, didn't, you know, didn't bother you know, me the runtime but... maybe uh, i probably wouldn't have felt that way if i didn't watch this immediately after watching Dirty Dancing. Okay, um, yeah. But I was fucking exhausted by the time Hellraiser was over. Cause yeah, just like a lot of stuff dealing with the box and the, like this like fucking house and like just, I don't know, just there's just a lot going on. I just like just really couldn't care to be interested in what these people were trying to accomplish. And by the time the guy shows up with like the like thing in his chest like the like the device yeah, kind the of graphics like, card is what it looks like yeah yeah i was like that's a great design but uh, yeah i just like i just don't care what this man is saying i don't care what's happening at all but i don't know maybe i, I just watched it too late at night i thought the effect of like the room that anyone who was like the next victim like all right so anytime someone's like the next victim they have like visions of the room they're in changing 
Uh, I thought that yeah, effect yeah. was really cool, especially when they're in the van and the van seems to like elongate and then the woman is no yeah. longer in the van. Um, yeah, I wasn't crazy about uh, Pinhead's voice, the new Pinhead's voice. It sounded like yeah, yeah. kind of boring. <laughs> like yeah, it didn't yeah. sound like powerful and menacing. It was just kind of like they feel a little more like aliens than they do. Uh, I don't know masochist sadomasochist <laughs> like extreme yeah. fucking otherworldly sadomasochist um yeah i don't know yeah I, I, maybe i just need to go back to the original one and, and also see maybe like some other highlights of the franchise but i was just th thinking i was like i don't think this is a movie like this franchise is quite for me but like at least while watching this like new remake reboot whatever you want to call it it's like i was like i feel like i'm missing a lot of things that that, that may be more impactful to people who've watched you said there's 12 movies in this i don't franchise? i don't know how there's an yeah. absurd <laughs> number of movies in this movie. let me let me yeah I, I feel like there's at least 10 because like they they recasted pinhead at a certain point there's 11 movies <laughs> okay gotcha yeah that's that's fucking gnarly it's a lot of hellraiser movies so yeah and uh I was expecting this to be a remake. Uh, I was surprised that it wasn't, that it's just kind of a reboot. Um, yeah. It was good enough that I am interested if they make more of these. Like, I'm going to check them out. Um, okay, yeah. I like Hellraiser 2. Um, I haven't watched Dang. any of the ones after that. But Hellraiser 2, two uh, Hellbound Hellraiser 2. Um, the reason I think that's cool is because they go to the world of the Cenobites. So it's, oh, okay. like, way more fantasy-oriented. Um, okay. Which there isn't enough horror movies where it's, like, it just takes place in, like, a fantasy world. Like, because you could do fucking anything. <laughs> like, yeah. everything is dangerous if you do that. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, that's why I like the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Because yeah. when, when you, you're you do dream, have... Yeah, you, yeah. yeah, you get a little bit of both. Where it's like, okay, we're in the, in the real world where... Freddy can fuck you up, slice you up. It's terrible, but also when you're in these people's minds, like it just gets fucking nutty. Yeah. And like, I really like like Dream Warriors is like a fucking awesome movie. It's just it's just a lot of fun and just it realizes like okay, yeah, it's like we're dealing with horror and fantasy. Let's let's just get crazy with it and fucking have it end with a like a like a metal song. Like have it go off, go off with a bang. Yeah, I want something where it's like. I want something as like with lore as deep as like what Star Wars has, but it's a horror world. <laughs> like yeah, you could yeah. point to like anything and be like, "What the fuck is that? <laughs> like, where does that yeah. come from?" Um, and that's why like I love like Dark Souls and shit like that. It's because it like it feels a little more and like Bloodborne. It's like more like horror, fantasy yeah, yeah. sort of stuff. Definitely. Um, yeah, that's about it. I, I just want to also mention there's the this Megan trailer is kind of hitting the internet and <laughs> looks looks like a good time. Yeah, I, I'm into it. I'm not sure how I feel about the like dancing portion of that trailer. <laughs> um, she's in there slaying. She's she's throwing down moves. Like I, like halfway through the trailer, I was like, I kind of wish this wasn't a horror movie, and it's just this girl <laughs> like hanging out with a creepy doll friend. Um, uh, That'd be interesting. What have you been watching? Other than Hellraiser, I, I've been re-watching a lot of stuff. I I watched Edward Scissorhands, and yeah, cool, it's cool. so fucking good, and it's it's kind of a bummer, that movie, because it's like Tim Burton afterward, like, he mostly did adaptations of things. And it's like, yeah, I think his last, what was his last original movie? Was it 
Frankenweenie, um, which is a remake of a, uh, of a short film he made. <laughs> uh, Corpse Bride, maybe? Yeah, maybe Corpse Bride. And that's so fucking long. That was like 15 years ago or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like watched Edward Scissorhands. I think I was getting my hair retwisted. And I was like, I, was, I want to watch something I think that, that my mom would also like mm-hmm. enjoy. And it's, I was so surprised by that movie. Yeah, incredibly visually striking. Uh-huh. Like, just like how like the houses and like all of like the... The people in that neighborhood are like yeah like are designed or like just super colorful and vibrant and, i was looking yeah, it up that like... neighborhood's a real place i was like did they build this neighborhood for this movie because it's like incredible but it's a, yeah, it's a awesome. place in florida i guess so shout out to whoever oh, scouted that location gotcha yeah um, i guess that makes sense but yeah i'm like fucking is like career as like a, a, a very competent gardener and like cutting these things just yeah. like just so weird but also just like really wholesome Winona Ryder's great yeah like a delightful fish out of water fairy tale um yeah and like the whole design I love the design of like the the sort of like factory part of the castle um that like Vincent Price lives at because it's like it feels like they didn't they took a Tim Burton drawing and instead of like translating it to live action they just made it live action <laughs> like yeah. it doesn't feel like there was any sort of interpretation um getting it from drawing to you know live action it was just like no we're gonna make exactly that uh it feels very like tactile in a way that like a pen or pencil drawing is yeah but yeah edward Scissorhands, hands it's so damn good um i watched that i watched i rewatched possession which is one of my favorite movies uh, i showed it to some friends who had never seen it one of them said that's the best that's the best shot bad movie that i've ever seen um <laughs> and i was like how dare you this movie is good <laughs> i don't fully understand this movie but um i'm completely blown away by like you haven't seen possession right 1981 no sam neil and uh is i want to say isabella Anjani. um i get my hear name right yeah i've never heard of this movie. filmmaker Andres Zulaski. Yeah, Andres Z- um, Zulaski. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, don't watch the trailer for this movie. Don't read about it. It is a movie you should go into blind. I showed this movie. Okay. I watched it for the first time with some friends several years back, um, and it began what became known as the Monday Night Mindfucks, which was every Monday. <laughs> night, like we watched the movie, and we were they were like, well, "That was awesome! Like we should do this every Monday." Uh, so we just started watching like weird fucked up challenging movies um nice but yeah i i love possession and I, i'm i'm sure at some point i will make you watch it um i will hunt it down yeah now that i'm done with the fast and the furious and i'm getting back into horror movies i'm looking for looking for good shit to watch yeah i'm waiting for barbarian to end up on hbo yeah that's a fun one looking forward to it looking forward to that um, and then the last thing i watched was i we just kind of like casually had it on me and some friends we watched rush hour and (laughs) that is a movie where it's like like the big topic of conversation we were watching it was like how can you ever do you can you can't do this again (laughs) uh but if you were going to do it again like how would you like you can't first off you can't obviously the racial stuff very hard to do you have to be very (laughs) careful with how i think you can make uh a buddy cop movie like with a race component and do it tactfully uh, I think it would be very difficult to do. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, but I think you could do it. Um, because it's like, I think you kind of need that. Like, like I think you kind of need, like, 
a place where people can go and release some of that tension and explore some of that tension in a comedic way. Uh, but like, you're going to piss off. You got, and you just got to accept you're going to piss off some people. Um, yeah. But uh, also, like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's fun. It's like, it's, it is tough. But yeah, I think it just helps with like having people with just like off the charts charisma be able to pull it yeah. off. It's like, okay, if Jackie Chan, you can just kick everyone's ass and just do like incredible physical stunts and then. And then, like, Chris Tucker at, like, the height of, like, you just, if you just need someone to, like, yeah, Chris Tucker is, like, a great example of, like, what they want Tyrese to be doing in, fa- in like, fa- in the Fast and Furious movies, but he just, like, can't get to that level of just, like, yeah. being quick and fucking hilarious at, like, all the times. That's why Friday is always my favorite movie. And see, so that's the other question. That's, like, the other thing where it's, like, you can't, you, you can't make this for the race reason. You can't make it because... Who is who? There is no Jackie Chan equivalent nowadays. Yeah. Like, uh, so it's like, who do you? Who would you cast if you wanted to do this like buddy sort of thing? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I yeah, just, you just can't. Really do it. challenging. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing seeing Rush Hour two in theaters with my dad is like one of my greater like movie memories like growing up because it was such like a random thing. I don't even think I've saw, I saw the first one, but it was just like on a whim. He's like let's go see rush hour too. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And then packed fucking theater. Mm-hmm. And it's just like that. I, I don't know how you feel about like that sequel or like, we, we started watching it. We got like halfway through before I, I left. But, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I think that's one of the uh, uh, better examples of like, yeah, the first one being solid, but like everything sort of just being turned up, like in the sequel, it just being just so over the top that it works. And yeah, by the time they get to rush hour three, it's like, <laughs> it's just like, it's like the ship is sinking. You should not be returning to this. Yeah. I should really finish the second one. Like as we started it, I was joking like, oh, they should have just said it immediately after the first one since they're on their way to China, to Hong Kong anyway. And then it's yeah. like, oh, well, does this take place immediately after? Because it turns out the whole thing takes place in Hong Kong. Yeah. Yeah, second one has an amazing fucking physical gag where there's like a bomb inside of Jackie Chan's mouth and his mouth is taped shut and he's just like, yeah, it's just just so fucking good. So yeah, it feels like did they just they after that they were like, all right, we're going to team up team Jackie Chan up with Owen Wilson now and yeah. <laughs> do these other movies. So Owen Wilson is the white Chris Tucker apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I appreciated Shanghai Nights. I, uh, <laughs> like, those are movies where, like, yeah, just very much of my high school era, just being like, I'm not quite into watching horror movies or, like, fucked up shit. Just, like, just those, like, middle of the ground, like, comedies were things I fucking always ended up watching. And, yeah, I had a bad DVD collection back in the day. A lot. No, like, Joe Dirt, stuff like that. Just... Hey, Joe Dirt has its moments. <laughs> yeah. Another movie where it's like, yeah, it's like class stuff, some racial stuff going on. So it's like, some like sex yeah. stuff. Yeah. The abortion subplot in um, Joe Dirt. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 It's great. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's about it for me. Okay. Um, I don't have to get into, uh, I don't want to like start a discussion about House of the Dragon, but I just want to know if you're caught up on it. I think i am um patty Con- is it constantine is that his name constantine constantine uh he's not looking hot is where i left off okay <laughs> okay um, um yeah i'm really I, curious I, when you, I, I think i tweeted he yeah, looks like an elden ring character so 
Okay, uh, gosh, gotcha, gosh, gotcha. yeah, episode eight came out this past weekend, and uh, he's getting very high praise for that episode. I'm curious to see what you think about it when you do get there. Um, I mean, from what I've seen of him, it's like, if I am caught up, then in the last episode I saw, he stole the show. Like, it was, it, yeah. he was the show, basically. Uh, is there a dinner scene where he's like asking, where people start giving toast to each other? Is that the last episode? Um,. Yeah, there's y- yes. Uh, <laughs> is there a mask in that yes. in that episode? Um, okay, so yeah, we're talking. Yeah, we're, we're, uh, spoiler, talking, we're talking about the ep- yeah, talk about the episode where he dies. <laughs> well, does he die at the end? <laughs> I believe okay. so. Yeah, it feels yeah. He yeah, I, I believe so. And like he's on like social media, kind of like thanking the cast and crew okay. and like appreciating like the the accolades people have sort of been giving him yeah i thought it was just fucking incredible I mean, from the like, first episode i was like oh so he's gonna die by the end of the season <laughs> like we have yeah. to kill like our major celebrities uh because yeah i don't know yeah people were like gonna say like, oh yeah he's gonna get like two episodes in but yeah very surprised how long because there's fucking four time jumps in this show where <laughs> <It's ridiculous. laughs> the time progresses ahead do you think it's going too fast and... with the time jumps um a little bit. I, 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 like I say, I think the reason why this show works for me is like it's focused on this main drama of like the Targaryens and like their sort of adjacent families. It's not worried about like a ton of conflicts. It's not bouncing around the map too much. Like it's more just focused on who's going to get this throne and the succession of like mm-hmm. this family. Um, but yeah, I think it is getting a little bit more confusing now that like the two main women characters are having like multiple children and there's like a lot of like Aegons and Egons and Edons and Tedons and shit like I just I don't really know who's who all the time but I think the pace is kind of going well yeah as long as it's just focused on Rhaenyra and Alicent I think it's 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 fine I think yeah I think we're racing to a place where we have two families of characters this way like the original show of Game of Thrones like we have a whole a broad cast where we can pick out our favorites and explore all these different dynamics and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do like yeah the fact that it's unfolding in that way where yeah you sort of now people online are being like oh yeah like I really I did, like I like this character and I think these like they're what they're doing is really cool and like fuck this other kid or whatever like <laughs> sort of people see, picking sides. <laughs> I'm like I want to see what's going on with this uh, eye patched kid with the dragon who's like very good with the yeah. sword like. It's, uh, we got we got yeah. some danger there. Yeah, is uh, <laughs> much as like they're not quite liked. I do like the uh, the sea snakes love black the black <laughs> black guys with the white dreads. Mm-hmm. Fucking just love the audacity, <laughs> like how like visually great they are on screen. Yeah, but, yeah they're not doing too great right now. <laughs> Things are not too not not good for that. Worried about that bloodline. <laughs> yeah, I'm, a little, I'm a little concerned, but uh, I'm happy they're there. I enjoy their presence on screen. Um, it's a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. We're, we're, like we're watching that. We're watching Andor. Emily's watching Rings of Power. I haven't kept up with it. But like House of the Dragon is like, okay, cool. I have something I can tune into every every week. Andor is pretty good though. Like this most yeah. recent episode of Andor, I was like, this is probably like perhaps the best thing Disney has done. Uh, okay. Interesting. For 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 Star Wars. Um, and it's so tonally different. So it's like hard to get yeah. behind it because it's like this show is supposed to be for 12 year olds like that's what star wars is supposed to be but it's like so dialogue heavy i imagine these kids got to be falling asleep Um, gotcha 
And I don't know. I'm curious to check that out. I'm trying to avoid getting spoiled yeah. on that because I, I do want to get around to watching it. Cassian Andor dies. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's bad. Um, yeah, I've gotten plenty of fucking House of the Dragon spoilers because yeah, it's based on a book, and a lot of the fans talk very freely about things that happen. And also, it's a prequel, so there's there's just knowledge out there. And that I th- terrible things. I happen. think that's why the reaction is going to be more positive because. I spoiled the end of Game of Thrones for myself because I was like, I don't care. <laughs> like I, I yeah. like stopped caring like a whole season ago. Uh, and so when I, those final episodes ro- ro- rolled around, I was like, yeah, okay, sure. Like I knew what was yeah. going to happen. That's how they did it. All right. Okay, fine. <laughs> Meanwhile, everyone else was like, I can't believe this is happening. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. When you know this where things are, impactful. <laughs> yeah. When you know where things are going, you're just watching to see how the pieces get put together. And that becomes the interesting yeah. part. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm. Def- I definitely agree with that. But also, like, being in this social media era is so fucking shitty because, like, people just like to watch it and then post yeah, immediately these, like images as fast as possible. And yeah, it's like you've watched all of Breaking Bad, correct? Yes. Okay, so uh, Breaking Bad spoilers if you haven't seen it <laughs> to this point. But the first like thing I saw of that was like, oh, it's like, oh, it's kind of a show. Well, fucking Walter White is great. Uh, he's he's cool. Um, but yeah, the first image of like the actual show I saw was Gus Fring's face. Like, yeah, I saw that before it happened like, too. Yeah, and I was, I was just like, like oh. huh? Oh, <laughs> interesting. That's so that's like, I think I should the watch same this. show that I'm watching. All right. I was like, I think I should watch this show where people's faces are getting blown off. Yeah. I, I feel like it's a good good note to end it on. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Oh, whose um, choice is it? Uh, I have no idea. I have a. A list of things for love. I think would be good. Yeah, I I don't have a list. So if you would like to choose, or you don't have to do it now. We could wait until the next episode if you want some okay. time. Yeah, I have five movies I'm debating to choose okay. from. Would you like to know? Uh, I want you to. I want you to just surprise me. Just all right. Let me know what we're watching. I'll, yeah. I'll leave it in the pocket. Okay. Leave it on the cliffhanger. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Cool. All right. Well, this has been episode 104 of Vague Zone. If you would like to contact us, you can email us, vaguezonepod at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at Vague Zone on the Twitter, on the Bird app. Let us know what you're watching. Yes, this has been episode 104. Thank you for listening. As always, I'm Thomas. And I'm Daniel. We'll catch you next time. Now I the time of my life. No, I never felt like this before Yes, I swear It's a truth And I owe it all to you Cause I